Welcome to Mystery Osiris and Apps. I'm Kevin Weir. I'm Aaron Weir, and this is a teen drama fan cast. And it's a teen drama finale. And it is the end of an era. Yes, uh, as we we get repeatedly told in this in season three out of four. <laughs> this is the end of <laughs> an era. The end of an era. It feels. I'm trying to think way way back to 2006. 2006. <laughs> um. What 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 were people feeling at this moment? Was it aware that the OC was coming back for a season four? Well, because they knew they knew they had another season, but it reads like a series finale. This, I mean, this episode really feel it 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 at, at at the same time it feels like they are playing with people who know there's going to be a next season and know some behind the scene things and people who. Who have, who like, maybe this actually is the end. Because, man, are there so many final chats between people. Well, and to be fair, like, they were navigating some new waters, right? In 2006, like, the internet had been around in the general populace for about 10 years. Yeah, but this was probably the first time that that there was a show like this that had an internet following. People didn't just have to, like, pick up magazines. Yeah, like, people could read on, like... I'm sure BuzzFeed was a thing back then, a new thing, but, like... Maybe. I don't know when BuzzFeed started. Or, like, um, oh, no, they didn't yeah. on LiveJournal. Like, this was... Yeah, or... This was happening. Or at least there were live journals and... Well, and we know Perez Hilton was a thing. Perez... Because uh, we read about that last week. But that was a couple years later. But he, he might have been around going Yeah, yeah. He just hadn't well. quite broken the big Korea thing yet. It's true, the big Korea thing. Uh... But and, they were navigating some waters where they were like, well, some people know that Marissa's leaving. Yeah. So it's so it feels like, like maybe they're playing around a little bit with that. Um, also, man, really, this episode really just wants to do one thing. And it takes a long time to get to that one thing it wants to do. And because, the rest <laughs> of this episode is like, hey, remember some conflict we kind of set up? Yeah. Don't worry about <laughs> it. <laughs> they, like, they ended really everything last we, we don't do spoilers because definitely this will this will be we, you want to you want to go through this journey with us. But they they there's a lot of things they set up or did throughout the rest of the season that they ended last episode and then they let's so, be honest kind of set up a new thing here. But then they were like, meh. <laughs> yeah, it was man. This would be a a weird finale to see on TV because it does honestly get weirder the more you think about it and we thought about it a lot. So like that big storyline that was set up at the end of last episode. Yeah. Seth burned down. He burned down the entire Newport group. <laughs> no. No. That's that, that's that's not it at all. <laughs> nope. And also it's like they only did that to set up the end of that storyline which we'll talk about. Which we'll talk about. Which was like very low stakes and that resolution could have come to in uh, any other way, there's so many other ways. ways they could have. It really feels like they gave up at about episode 20 and of like, the season. And let's the- just ride this. <laughs> like, man, let's just ride this out. We'll get we'll get to the end of this one. Man, season four, I got some ideas. But these last five episodes, I don't know, man. I'm kind of done with these characters in high school. <laughs> kind of done. <laughs> no one will notice. It's fine. We'll just phone it in. We'll just phone it in for five episodes. <laughs> Uh, but hey, let's get into that episode. That 25th episode. That fifth of this final five episodes that they've... <laughs> they found it in the most? Most. Uh, because this is The O.C. Season 3, Episode 25, The Graduates. The Graduates. Hey, 
begin and Ryan is channel surfing. He is trying to find news of the car that he and Voychuk stole because that would make I that, news. I guess that would make sense what he's doing. That's what I thought he was doing. I was like, oh, Ryan, that one car being stolen is not making news, <laughs> even in Newport. I thought he was just like like somewhat nervously, somewhat bored, just like can't can't keep his mind on one thing so he keeps switching it up because i wrote down that i thought the modern version of this would be someone flipping through um like streaming things <laughs> like true. and not being able to pick one just like watching a bunch of youtubes but may- maybe he was looking for a news report if that's the case there are a lot of news channels <laughs> um additionally while this is going on kirsten is doing laundry because she yeah. also cannot focus yeah and she really smells that purple sweater and or scarf she picks up whatever she's doing and this leads into a interesting sort of intercut scene where someone arrives and kirsten hears it and someone arrives and ryan hears it and it's sandy and seth and they're catching up our heroes about what went on at the police station so to summarize seth denied all of it and that was good and the police believed it but sandy Sandy thinks Seth is hiding something. Yeah, Sandy doesn't fully trust him. He just—he's like, I think there's something more because all Seth said essentially, it wasn't me. I didn't do anything. Which, to be fair, he didn't purposely do anything. Well, no, but he says he did nothing. Yeah, he says he picked up the drawing and then he left. Yeah, though Seth knows exactly what happened because I assume they—they they told him where the fire started and from. He was like, oh god. Because he he does a like what am I go- what am I gonna tell my dad that I went that I went in there smoked some pot didn't t- to put out the joint it fell into a waste basket which, basket which caught fire to some drawings which spread over to a <laughs> to a very metaphorical burning of the hospital and then we all thought that the entire Newport group burned down but actually it was just like two or three offices <laughs> it'll, it'll be revealed scenes later <laughs> that it was actually just a few offices but he does say oh my god my dad's office can fit in an ashtray now. <laughs> I mean, do I think his dad's office can. It's definitely yeah. the one that's got the most fire damage. And I think they also said it's like tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of damage. Which is a lot of money, but not that much money. Yeah. Anyway. Like a house costs $100,000. Yeah, it's hard. Man, it's hard to look at um, <laughs> look at the OC and that their thing and try to gauge what is a lot of money to these people. Who knows? Anyway, Seth feels like he wants to tell his dad, but he don't know. He doesn't know how he can tell his dad, and his dad's like, "Well, I feel things." But Seth thinks I'm a bad dad, so I can't make him really think I'm a bad dad by asking him if he burned my building down. Also, I can't figure out why he thinks I'm a bad dad. It's very unclear. So, uh, let's just do grad. <laughs> uh, Ryan, uh, of course, ends up having to go off because he because he has just left Kirsten's car. On the streets. Yeah, because this is later that night. So Seth goes... Aaron, these last three episodes have been a sequence of three days. It's true. These have been three days. Um, Seth wants his iPod. Ryan's like, oh, yes, the car. It's on the street. So you can't get your iPod because I've got to get the car off the street. Yeah. So he goes back to where he left the car. And I guess Voychuk has just been staring at the (laughs) car waiting for him. Yeah, and he's like, Ryan, Ryan, you gotta help me, Ryan. Ryan, I just jumped out of a moving car and ran away, but they know it was me. They saw me. <laughs> they saw my face, and they're like, they're like, that's definitely that Voychuk kid. <laughs> I'm so known to the police, Ryan. You know, the police that were chasing me, not the private security firm. <laughs> you need, 
yeah um you <laughs> i need you need to give me money or else i'll blackmail you more i'll tell them that you also like i'll tell them about how you helped me with steal this car and the thing is Wojciech has no proof for that except for ryan's innate honesty yeah I, <laughs> I mean, someone would point at him and be like he stole the car and ryan would be like oh i mean i guess the security guys would say there was someone else there but they have no way to prove that it's ryan and why I would mean, it be ryan i mean like here's like if Wojciech was smart i mean no one mentions it but really what Wojciech could make could narrow this down more with is the fact that, that yes ryan was standing there staring at the security cards that came up next to the car as Wojciech was shouting at him and so i do think the security people did get a pretty good look at him you'd think anyway um ryan's like i can't I got graduation today. My family's coming in. And Voychuk, because he listens to his boyfriend, uh, narrows on that it's that he doesn't want to disappoint his mom. He's like, I'm going to tell your mom you stole a car. I don't know why I include on to that. But Ryan says family, and Voychuk knows it's his mom, which means at some point, <laughs> Ryan's like, so I'm pretty excited about grad. <laughs> My mom's coming in. And Wojciech was just stalking Ryan at that time and was like, haha. Because you think Marissa told him? Yeah. I think Ryan said something at prom. <laughs> and Wojciech was like, oh, I know secrets about my love. And, and he listens. And of course Wojciech yeah. listens. Yeah. <laughs> He's a good boyfriend to Ryan, not to Marissa. <laughs> no. And also not a good boyfriend to Ryan because he threw a beer bottle at his head. <laughs> it's a tumultuous relationship. Well, let's head off to Grad itself. This is... Wow. So, Taylor, who has always been so good at events... Prom was three days before Grad, by the way. I guess she's just so busy. She is decorating for Grad on the day of Grad. I assume because, once again, three days ago was prom. The turnaround time was too quick for Taylor. Well, that and also, did they go to school the day after prom? No. No, they didn't. That was Probably the day... would be on a weekend. No, because that was the day that Wojciech... Black... And that's the day they were going to go rob the place, and there was no school during that day. You're right. No. Last episode didn't have any school in it. Prom, I assume, was a Friday. So this is a Monday. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, this would be a Sunday Monday. then. No, because prom was Friday. Brian beat up Wojciech at prom night. The next day, him and Wojciech had their meeting about, you're going to help me break into that place tonight? Oh, or, time. Tomorrow. or tomorrow. Th- this has got to be a Monday. It'll be a Monday. It must be a Monday. Um, but hey, uh, it's summer. Marissa and Taylor uh, getting the whole getting the whole thing set up, and, and the prom is inexplicably in a few hours. No, uh, Hawaii themed. Oh yes, they are all wearing lays that I don't think they wear later. Well, they definitely wear them during the ceremony, but yeah. then maybe they're gone after. Yeah, I don't know why they're wearing lace. Anyway. Uh, There's some fun, cute banter where it's revealed that Taylor is valedictorian and suddenly burned down a few offices. But most importantly... Aaron was correct. Taylor, Big Korea, and So Young, that's not his name. Sung, Sung Ho? Sung Ho. Had a threesome. Yes, it was, th- it was those three who were talking about threesome. I interpreted that scene correctly. I don't think it's wrong to interpret it that Taylor might have at least brought up the idea of Teresa. She may have. Anyway, that's as being a, th- a, a storyline they decided to continue from last episode. <laughs> it's just a bunch of fun banter until Julie Cooper shows up. Yes, and she shows up with a gift. From Jimmy. From Jimmy. No. Who will not be there for the... Let's not forget... Tate Donovan 
still a part of the show, still directs episodes. Not in this episode. Well, I mean, we learned stuff that he could. He, man, he couldn't be here for There's this. There's no way he could be here, but There's we don't no learn that way. now. Uh, we do get a little bit of Marissa having feels about getting a note from her father because, which is I basically mean, her being like, "Why didn't he come home?" Well, speaking of coming home, we sort of get two matching scenes here, one after another. Dawn arrives at the Cohen house. There's some jokes about alcoholism, but mostly it's cute. Meanwhile, Caitlin arrives at. Uh, the Roberts house. And there's some jokes about breast documentation. Both Caitlin and Don have both the same energy for bad, bad jokes. Just real bad jokes. Like, the the joke Caitlin d- does to Neil is that she is thinking about getting breast implants. And Neil is, of course, horrified and uncomfortable by this situation. Because it is his job, but also, no. She's a child and also kind of his daughter. <laughs> like, I don't know where she thought, like, yes, this will be a hilarious <laughs> joke. It shows so much about my character. And then she sees Neil being horrified and she's like, ha ha. Ha ha, pranked ya. <laughs> I'm here for Marissa. And Julie Cooper's like, she is absolutely not here for Marissa. Oh, Julie Cooper suspects something. So uh, Seth and Sandy have their turn for an awkward conversation. Yeah. Um, Seth forces Sandy to say a cheer that he did when well, Seth graduated. No, <laughs> Seth did not force Sandy to do that. He, in fact, does not want Sandy to ever do that cheer. However, he brought it up, and that is akin to forcing Sandy to do it. He's like Beetlejuice, where you say his name three times and he appears. Well, then there's no way for him to deal with that situation, because he's like, Dad, please don't do that cheer. And Sandy's like, I'll do the cheer right now. By the way, the cheer is a rap. It is not it's, a cheer. It's not a way. cheer. It's Sandy apparently stood up at what was what was this <laughs> junior high grad? I uh, think maybe junior high grad. What, another event of graduation proportions. Sandy stood up and rapped <laughs> about his son. About his son, and it was glorious. Uh, this leads into uh, Seth. What Seth really was there for. Which was to tell his dad what he did. He does mention that this is difficult because his dad is such a great dad in that moment. I'm like, when was he not? And then subsequently, he's like, I tried to tell you many times, but you were too busy with work. Oh, 100% never a thing that you showed us or happened. The whole smoking pot thing was before the hospital thing. Yeah, he smoked pot because he cursed in, or not cursed in, because he met... Caitlin on the beach smoking pot. Yeah, and he was stressed out before that because I think college He stuff? was stressed out about the Brown interview. The Brown interview, yes, right. Um, so that had nothing to do with not being able to talk to his dad. Me looking back at my notes, so it was about the time that Kirsten started her job, so... Oh, <laughs> he also didn't want to stress Kirsten out. But he doesn't blame her. Nope. <laughs> no, it said it's... It's Sandy. He was so busy with work. Which the show repeatedly tells us, but we have no proof of this whatsoever. Because Sandy's storyline is 90% Sandy being at home and his family <laughs> yelling at him. About how he's always at work. Exactly. So Sandy does say that the thing that hurt the most in this was not all the other things. Is that Seth could not ever come to him. So, you know, a lot yeah. of fun, sweet stuff. Sandy says he will not let this stand in the way of today, for today is the day of his son's graduation. He loves that. Today is the day of my daughter's wedding, and you can have any <laughs> any sort of wish you want. I am a mix between the godfather and a genie. And what I have today as my wish is I say, I love you, son. And Seth says, I can't say I love you to another man, but I deeply respect you, Father, because this is the year 2006. And Seth still does not know how to process 
uh, toxic masculinity. And Seth is a different character than he would be if the show were on the screen today. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, so we we head over and it's Marissa, I guess, having she had read the letter. She's really weird to Summer in this scene. Like Summer comes in, is like and all happy. Marissa goes, Summer, I would like you to take a seat. Let I, me explain to you my manifest of personhood. I wish I was paraphrasing, but it does feel like she's about to, I mean, break up with Summer, which she kind of is. Because she knows the kind of friend that Summer is, and Summer is the kind of friend that needs Marissa to be in the same country as her. Yes. So. Let's catch up on Jimmy. Jimmy is doing well. Jimmy is no longer in charge of anyone's money. No, he's sailing boats for rich people, which I think Marissa believes is a pirate. (laughs) Because when she describes what he does, it's peeling potatoes and, like, cleaning the deck. No, no, that's what Marissa will do. Oh, right. Jimmy is a captain. Jimmy is a captain of a boat who's sailing a yacht to the Greek islands. And he has realized that his daughter is spiraling terribly. Somehow. So he has given her an out. There's no way he knew that. There's, I don't know why he sent this letter. So my guess, and I'm wildly speculating. Yeah. Way later in the episode, Caitlin will be like, well, I knew this was happening. I think he called Caitlin and he was like, hey, Caitlin, blah, blah, blah. Tell me about your school. That doesn't sound great. How's your sister? And Caitlin was like, spiraling desperately. (laughs) Which, when Caitlin saw her, she wasn't. No, she explained that she was not comfortable with college. Oh, I guess, yeah. It really feels like if that's the case, then Caitlin made some really weird play to get, like... Back to harbor? Get back to harbor. (laughs) But... So Marissa exci- is thinking that maybe, well, cause, sorry, we, I don't even oh, said it. Jimmy, Jimmy invited her to go and work on his boat for a year. Yeah. Um, which is actually an awesome thing for Marissa to do. Yeah, it, it's re- it's, it is really interesting. Um, I, I, I think Marissa's just excited that she gets to be a pirate like Johnny was. Well, she loved Johnny so much. And this time, she does not have to surf, but she's basically being a brand rep for a boat i mean she does is she said peeling potatoes and cleaning things she's going to be a like a swabby i mean she's not she's have you heard of this tv show below decks which is about people who work on a very wealthy family's yacht go she's just gonna be a pretty girl who's serving drinks to rich kids maybe like death she is wrong about what she's gonna be doing she is not gonna be working oh she's gonna be working but she's definitely just like we have different. I I gotta I gotta read on this. Uh, we'll get to that when we get to it. But anyway, she's going to be a pirate. But however, she would have to start because it's leaving Hawaii n- middle of this week, and I guess it's Monday. Yeah, so she has to fly out tomorrow night and Tuesday night. And Jimmy included the ticket. So Jimmy really took a play here. Oh yeah, yeah. I just want to take a moment here to, in all seriousness, express some appreciation for this storyline. They didn't do a great job of showing us that Marissa wasn't ready for college because she really liked college when she was there until she spiraled desperately. Yeah. But I think it's really important that they're doing a storyline where a perfectly together, very smart character, she's together now, and she's yeah. always been pretty smart, Yeah, is choosing not to go to college right away because it's not right for them right now. And I think that's a big deal in the States. People in Canada take a gap year all the time. No, I, I agree that it's a big deal, but I think part of it comes from doing it well. And I don't know. Like, one thing I wrote down here is that I still don't fully understand her whole college isn't for me thing, which is fine. It was just a fine thing. Like in, in real life, people have feelings that they can't always fully 
grasp mm-hmm. fully because we're, people are complex people are, are things like that. TV shows tend to to help people understand things. We get motivations of characters and usually yeah. clearly defined. And I still can't quite define where her motivation of college it of, other than the thought process where she she believes college isn't right for her because she believes college isn't right for her because she has this like I don't know how to describe it. So this it's not well articulated. Yeah. But the sense that I get now, mm-hmm. now that we've reached the end of the storyline, <laughs> yeah. is that Marissa feels like she doesn't have a grasp of who she is. Okay. And she feels like she's like bounced around from being things that people expected her to be. Like, you know, early Marissa, who was on social committee, which she clearly hated. Yeah. And was doing all these things at school for her mother and for Luke. Mm-hmm. And then when she then she spiraled into her alcoholic, druggy Oliver phase, and she was doing things because that's what Oliver told her to do. Yeah. And, you know, she just kind of gets caught up and carried away by things. And so I think, without it being well um, without the articulated, show without the show supporting a lot of it. In a show where they like to tell us things in the Sandy storyline. Yeah. They haven't actually told me any of this, but I feel like they've shown me this to the point where I'm like, okay, she just feels lost. And she wants to figure out who she is before she goes to college. Yeah, and the, and I think the only thing that's, that makes me always go, about it is because they do, because they like to tell, they always have the, have a scene where someone talks to someone else and explains their feelings in that moment. And the fact that she didn't get one makes me feel like the the, the writers didn't consider that as much as and and you're you're right it actually shows very well that you can do that reading and it actually matches up pretty cool with like what else is going on um and also maybe Aaron maybe she consider she just wants to be a pirate maybe she just wants to be a pirate maybe she's like you know you know what i really liked about Johnny i didn't like his surfing but god i loved how he was a ghost pirate i could be a, i could be a not ghost pirate I mean, I hated surfing, but I did like the idea of being a brand rep. Maybe I'll be a not-ghost-pirate brand rep. <laughs> my dad has given me the offers that solve all my dreams. Oh, she arrives on the crew. She's got, like, a pirate hat and an eye patch and a hook, and she's like, Ah, I'm here to be part of the crew. What drinks do you need me to, <laughs> to sell? And the rich people are like, I actually kind of like this. <laughs> Let's Yar, keep it. Yar, have you tried rum? <laughs> and she just makes everyone daiquiris for a year. Yeah. <laughs> She's not a great pirate. <laughs> Try our new drink. If you like it, you should buy some. <laughs> All right. Perfect. So we check in from Marissa to the, let's just call him the problem. <laughs> so Voychuk is sitting in his van just freaking out. Just freaking out. And uh, he he made a call, I guess, to get some clothes from Heather. So Heather... Heather's the character we're bringing back for this episode. So Heather crawls into the van, delivers his clothes, and is like, so why aren't you running out of town? And Boyce looks, well, I need money. And she's like, you definitely don't. You definitely always have a scam. <laughs> Heather Do you play- just want to hang out with Ryan? <laughs> yeah, you can leave at any time. What are you waiting for? And man, I wanted him to say Ryan. But Heather gives him an out because Heather in this episode does nothing but be there. Yeah. Um, and it's like, oh, you're waiting for Marissa because you liked her so much. So you freaked out and you ruined it. And I'm like, that's what we're going for with Voychuk? I sure. mean, he 
says he did. He did explicitly say that in the episode. Yeah. Yeah. I just, the thing is, like, I, I can't help but always think of where Voyager came from. And I cannot imagine what attracted him to Marissa other than the fact that she is attractive. Like, She's I cannot... attractive and she was Ryan's girlfriend. And she was a rich girl who would do drugs with him. Yeah, like, I can't think of what what deeper personality what made her... thing made them click. Oh, I'll tell you what it was, Kevin. She's literally the only human being ever to call him Kevin. <laughs> it's true. He's like, finally, someone referred to me by my first name. Even my parents would just call me Voychuk. He's like a cat from Cats. <laughs> she used his third name, the name the cat himself knows and will never forget. Oh, I hate what you just said. <laughs> I hate that sentence you just said to me. We are going to move on because Voychuk is not no rum-tum tugger in here. He's a jellical man. No, Voychuk. Oh, man. All right, look. Jellico Voychuk can do whatever he wants. He can dance on road, on rails. and. That is a lyric from one of the songs. Yeah. Really good work. He can also jump on a wire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Unfortunately, he he does not show that. Instead, he just does drugs and lives with a possum. Makes doors appear out of nowhere. Ah, uh, he, oh, he's the door cat. <laughs> the cat who can make doors appear out of anywhere. Kevin Voychuk, the door cat. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let's head off back to graduation day. We're very perplexingly. At Harbor, the girls and boys wear different colored graduation gowns. But even more perplexingly, that one jerk guy who's been (laughs) in two episodes is back. He's still around. We do get one final thing that proves to us, like, his arc has been, essentially, he's a bully. Now we know. He's also an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) So he comes up to Seth and he's like, hey, gay guy. You wear, you wear, what, you wear a dress wearing the exact... (laughs) Close. And says, like, it's a graduation gown. You're, you're wearing one, too. Uh, this gay guy just said that he was wearing a gown. Uh, like, it's just a great, just like, all right, one one last shot of this guy just being a full idiot. And even his friend is like, okay, move along. All right, we got to go, man. We're going to Yale. I don't know how you got in. Alright, uh, we, we get a scene now where Marissa tells Ryan, essentially, about how she's going to be a pirate now. She's going to be a pirate brand ambassador. And Ryan, in Ryan's way, does not respond immediately. And Marissa's like, oh my god, you think it's dumb. <laughs> well, no, Ryan's just impressed because he's going to go to this is This is the thing that really hooked me on that, is that he says, I'm going to go to college and you're going to do manual labor. So that's what really hooked me on the fact that, like, man, if she is just going to do manual labor, I imagine that she'll hate it so much. But you know what? Maybe she'll like it. Sometimes when you do these things, you're like, hey, I understand some value in my life. Yeah. I think it'll be good for her. Maybe maybe what it'll be is that she'll be like, man, if I was on land, I would hate this. But now I'm on a boat, so it's cool. I love the sea. <laughs> as long as I'm on... I don't know if she like. Maybe she's just like surfing in the sea. She's like, man was not meant to be on a plank of wood smaller than a boat. Man needs a boat. Man needs a boat. A, and a surfboard is not a boat. No. And because a surfboard is not a boat, I do not like it. Well, and to be fair, we've never seen Marissa on a surfboard. She does not like the beach culture around surfing. Right, but she does actually like boats. Yeah. Yeah. Like when Jimmy lived on a boat. And she lived there with him. Yeah, she's like, yes, I do remember the great boat life. Now, Ryan is like, 
may I drive you to the airport? You were the first person I met in Harbor, so maybe I'm the last person who takes you out of Harbor. Remember when I was a weirdo to you? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And she likes it. All right, then we hit grad, and it's a big long scene with montages. Let's hit some highlights, though. Taylor Townstead's mom knows her speech and mouths it along with her. Yeah, I guess her mom's (laughs) gotten over it. Julie Cooper cries. Yep. Which I love. Sandy is so supportive. Sandy recently got a digital camera, I think, for prom, because <laughs> he is very excited to take photos. Yep. I appreciate, uh, this is a small thing, I appreciate that they did the kids in alphabetical order. Yep. They not, were not all mysteriously next to each other. Yeah, and not in, like, cast order <laughs> of, <laughs> of, like, yes, Summer goes first, and then probably Marissa, and then Seth, and then Ryan's last. Ryan at, we did reverse alphabetical. <laughs> Wait, if they did that order, that would be reverse, reverse alphabetical, alphabetical order. Yep. Oh, no. Uh, uh, yeah, Marissa Cooper. Cooper. and Seth Cohen. Cohen is before Cooper in the alphabet normally. Yeah, w- the way that they did it in the show, wasn't it? It was Ryan Atwood. Seth Cohen. Seth Cohen. Was Mar- oh, it then Marissa matter. after, because we saw, so... You're right, we saw we saw Sandy we saw, get excited before we saw Julie Before get excited. we saw Julie cry. Anyway, and this is the class of 2006, which made me immediately go, huh, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Because like, you keep making jokes about 2007. And I think this may have came out in 2007. 2007 was when the show ended. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um, I was always off- thinking, thinking that, like, didn't the first two seasons not take a full year? I thought first season was half a year or something. No. Was they you- started as sophomores, then juniors, now they're seniors. Okay, so each season was a year. Yeah. Um, they obviously got some new technology this season because they do the same thing they did at prom where they pop up still digital photos. Of the cast. <laughs> yeah. That I mean, look like real digital photos. I mean, I think they just got a digital camera. <laughs> and they're just very excited. Uh, so, so this leads into dinner. Which I was confused about for a moment until I realized that all of the graduating class is at the Harbor Yacht Club having like a buffet-style dinner. Yeah, this is just like these people sat together because it's family. And... and they do somehow have their own semi-private room. Well, they're the main cast. There's a lot of them. Yeah. Uh, Sandy gives a speech that essentially just explains the premise of the last three seasons, where he's like, there's been comedy, and there's been drama. There's been first love and breakups. <laughs> there was Oliver, and there was, <laughs> and there was uh, Luke, and there was... Trey. Trey. There was a ghost girl. <laughs> might have stopped being a ghost at one point. We think she's a human now. And Anna. You guys remember Anna, right? Yeah, there was Anna. <laughs> remember there, when Caleb died? Remember when Marissa... Remember when we learned Marissa was bisexual and she was gay for a little bit? She dated Seth's ex. Did Seth's ex. Remember the bait shop when that was a place that people could get work at? Remember when Seth had a job? <laughs> yeah, he just mostly just goes through and explains all the plot points. This scene does take 45 minutes. Very long. Very long. Then at the end of the speech, Summer starts to cry because she says everything's all over. <laughs> and next year I'll be in Providence. This is the part that made me go like, did people know there would be a season four? Because this would be wild to watch on TV. <laughs> Can you imagine watching a season of something and them all be like, it's done. It's over. Nothing's going to <laughs> This is the end of the show. Like, what? Wait, what? Seth is like, dude, I'll be in Providence too. And she's like, no, you didn't even get into school yet. Yeah, we you haven't gotten the letter yet, which sets up an actual, what could have been a dramatic plot point, but really is just brought up a few times. And Seth's like, oh, if I don't get into school, I guess I'm just moving to Providence. Don't worry. I love you. 
All right, uh, time for uh, Marissa to tell her mom about the plan. But don't worry. Julie and Jimmy Cooper were functional parents, and Jimmy asked Julie about this before he did it. He called her a week ago, which sent me down a line of figuring out when Jimmy called her, and it has to have been but right before she went off on her college visits. Her college visits? Her college visits. The Was la- that a week ago? The party favor, man of the year, and this episode were three. The party favor was not college visits. The par- no, party no, no, no. The college visit, college try was college visits, but the but the party favor came right after the college try. Well, Jimmy just wanted to give her options. Like I, I don't actually say anything wrong. Julie would be like, "Yeah, you can send it." She's going to college visits, so no, we'll it see just, what she picks. No, it just made me think. It just made me oh, think okay. of <laughs> think of like when when in Marissa's thing did this whole happen I'm like man it's been a crazy week I guess so I still I I think there's some fudging of time in there I really don't think that the college visits were a like a day before prom <laughs> eh well who knows really who does know I'll, I know the show no the thing with the party favors that that's the one that began with um that unskippable uh Taylor telling us about teen pregnancy so talk. I mean there could have been a month of teens having sex there. That's why she had to give us the talk. <laughs> Just a full month of teens having sex. I think it seems reasonable. <laughs> I don't think so because it, uh whatever, it doesn't matter. <laughs> so Caitlin in this scene also reveals that she also knew because Jimmy ran the idea by her. Which I am considering as a lie. <laughs> well, Chris uh Mm, Kirsten. Caitlin has decided that she is moving home because Jimmy's like, I don't know, Julie needs to worry about some daughter. <laughs> she really implies that Jimmy told her to go home. And I still think Caitlin got kicked out of school. Now, I think it's good that Caitlin is going home because how are they possibly paying for that school? It does really sound like Caitlin just says, as, as, and he told me to come home because this show needs another Marissa. Because <laughs> we, It does really feel like she's plugging the eyes, but like, don't worry, there will be another Marissa. Yeah. It's fine. Caitlin Cooper's here now. <laughs> I'm also tall and thin. <laughs> don't worry. I'll be exactly the same as Marissa from season one. You'll like it. <laughs> That's what you want in season four. The same character as season one. Everything old is new again. <laughs> uh, Ryan uh, spent some time with his mom and gets his present. His mom gives him a truck, like an old truck. Yeah. Which seems to run well, but like is definitely an old truck. Yeah. And Ryan is so thrilled when he shouts, You bought me a car. Yeah. It's like the happiest Ryan has ever He's I will he's, ever been. Well, I'm of the mind that his mom has never gotten him much. Yeah. But so this just the fact that he got any like I feel like he would have given that off of anything she gave him just because that's mom being a mom and he just not used to having any of this. His mom has never been a sober lady. Yeah, but she saved up for the truck and her trucker slash biker boyfriend can get parts for really cheap and they fix the car up together. Yep, yep. Her her altruistic hero <laughs> trucker biker boyfriend. And so he's going to drive her back to the Cohen house, but she's going to go get, go get her purse. But first, Taylor Townstead has to say goodbye. <laughs> I will not be seen on this episode from this point forward. And because this really feels like it could be a series finale. Let me explain where I'm going, which is to find and retrieve landmines in Korea. With Sungho, so... See ya. I liked being second tier friend. 
uh, she does get promoted to inner circle. Because Marissa's leaving the show. Marissa's leaving the show. It does sort of feel like they'd be like, oh, could Taylor be the new Marissa? Could Summer, or could um, Kaylee be the new Marissa? Maybe both of them. Maybe Sandy's the new Marissa. Ooh, Ooh it could be anyone. <laughs> you know who's not going to be the new Marissa? Marissa? Voychuk. <laughs> So Voychuk calls Marissa while she's at the party, and it is heavily implied that he is outside of the yacht club staring at her. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it is implied that she can see him. <laughs> I, thought, I thought you were going to say it's implied that he can see her. The thing of the scene that she can see him is even wilder. <laughs> just her being like, what are you doing over there? And she's just like, hey, nope, we're not having this conversation. Nope, nope. <laughs> I'm going to make one very smart choice in my life, and that is to... Not talk to you anymore. And the boy Chuck's like, "Ooh, you better ask Ryan about the car we stole." Yeah, it's so. I don't know what he's trying to get out of this. Like he, like he clearly he wants to see her, but I don't know what the threat he makes to her is. Where he's like, "Like I want to see you, or else I'm going to get Ryan in trouble." Like, like, yeah, I don't know then, why but, he thinks threatening Ryan will make Marissa come see him. Well, and not only that, <laughs> well, because well, here's the thing, you know, about Voychuk. Voychuk is crazy. Like, 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 his actions throughout throughout this, in some bizarre way, for Vo- for the Voychuk we have seen, make Voychuk sense. They do. Well, Voychuk has always just been around her. Yes. So she sees him. Yeah, so he so he presumes that if he could just see her, no matter what the circumstances are that brings her to the moment where he can talk to her, he will be able to convince her otherwise. Sure. Um, well, and remember the time that he kidnapped her and then she gave him that watch. Yeah. Um, so. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I do not want to blame Marissa at all for any of that Voychuk does. But, but I does... mean, he did kidnap her and then she gave him the watch as like a fun remembrance of the time that she <laughs> kidnapped her. Wait, that was Trey. Yeah, that was Trey. You're right. <laughs> but no, like, to be fair, he was like, well, the last time I threatened Ryan, she just came and she just gave me this fancy watch. So <laughs> yeah. if I just keep threatening Ryan, it's Wojciech time. <laughs> well, I, I'm mostly going off the fact that, like, so she, after this, Marissa goes to Ryan and essentially learns what, that happened. what happened, which is that Wojciech wanted to steal a car. Uh, now Ryan has to give him a bunch of money. <laughs> and Marissa's like, Cool. Well, I'll get you some money. Before that, all Marissa knows is that, like, Voychuk wants to see me, but now I guess I also have to get him money, which is not what Voychuk expressed to her. But she knows that Ryan can't get him money, and That's she's true. like, I guess if we just give him money, he'll go away. <laughs> which she should know well, that she... Voychuk will not go away. Well, especially considering how he already, like, he very clearly made his, dem- his demand to her. That is that is sort of like a kidnapper being like, you, br- you, you know, you bring me the money or else I, you know, I start executing people. And you bring them just like a person. And they're like, that's not money. What? <laughs> because he said, give me you. Yeah. <laughs> so she's going to bring him money. Yeah. Anyway, sure, I guess that makes sense. That's not going to end terribly for everyone involved. No. Hey, Aaron. Hey, Kevin. What did you learn this week? What did you learn this week? What did you learn this week? I learned how to break into a car. Ooh, tell me more. (laughs) Well, um... While there is a wiki how about how to break in a car, there's also a life hacker tip. Yeah. And they are very, very clear on life hacker. They have a very clear italicized note that I will read to you. 
This should go without saying, but do not use this knowledge to break into someone else's vehicle. That is illegal and not particularly nice. Use this to unlock your car when you lock your keys inside. It's really easy to find information on how to break into a car. And they all are like, and by the way, don't do illegal stuff with this. No, don't do that. (laughs) Never. I just want to say in this day and age, you know, this day and age, 2019. Yeah. I don't know how you could lock your keys into your car anymore. I mean, I can see how. <laughs> I don't know, it just just like it, like I can totally imagine someone e- either as they're going out, they're pressing the lock button on their car accidentally and locking the key with the car running or something I guess like that. You could do that accidentally, like because I've because locked... it's just one button to lock all the doors and you shut the door. I've locked keys into my car. Um twice but that was my old car my old not even my cobalt my yeah. cavalier like my old old car which had manual locks yeah, I, would, I would say right now it would take more there's more steps that would have to happen there's more points of failure though no that, that makes that doesn't make sense points of failure is usually it's easier to happen but there's more there's more checks and balances more checks that, and you balances won't do it. that you wouldn't have won't do it but it's still possible anyway anyway what Voychuk was doing in, was insane what you need to do to break into a car is you need a doorstop or a wooden wedge mm-hmm. so you can kind of pop down the window a little bit yeah or and, separate it from the no it suggests that the best way to do it is to insert the wedge into the top part of the door and make a small opening oh yeah yeah, you shouldn't be moving the window around or anything. You just want to pop it down a little bit. Yeah. And then you just want to stick a metal rod into the opening. And you're, <laughs> not, you're not using it to pull the thing up because, again, this is a different time. Yeah. You're just using the metal rod to push the unlock button. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the ones that I looked up were gave you different ones for um, uh, manual or automatic. And manual ones, it could be that it's easier to pull on the mm. thing. But they're also like, yeah, if you, if you can poke the lock – and that feels like the start of what he was doing, but he like had like both hands on this bar, like it really looked it was like, like he, he was trying to pull the window. It out. did look like he was just trying to like I had no concept that he was going to wedge it out and then stick a bar in. He just wanted to like <laughs> do that first step to be like, all right, now what do I do? And like, yes, that car was like this show was in two thousand six, but definitely that hundred and twenty thousand dollar car because we were told the price of it. Yeah. Definitely had automatic locks. Yeah, which explains why he couldn't do the Slim Jim and explains why he couldn't do... But he could definitely just, like, pop the window open a little bit and, and then press in. the button. Yeah, I mean, he would have to reach in with... He would have to some sort of reaching tool, but he had, he gives no impression of a reaching tool. He's going to wedge that door open and then have no idea just try to reach in with a skinny arm. <laughs> I guess so. He's really what he should have done. He should have just made a door in the window. He is a doorman, sir. But maybe he can't do it when someone's watching. And Ryan was sometimes watching, but sometimes not watching. He wasn't sure. Yeah, exactly. True, Ryan was just like, hey, you a jellical cat. <laughs> you have to tell me if you're a jellical cat. Or else Can you tra- walk on a wire? Or else it's entrapment. Can you howl at the moon? The cats don't howl at moons. Is that a line in cats? They do something at the moon. They can uh, they, they can, can balance a moonbeam, they can walk on a wire. Okay. That's better. The cats don't howl. Some cats do. The cat that lives in this house howls at the sky to get food. I think cats, I think I, I'm being all serious about this, and I may be completely wrong. I think cats yowl. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess this I cat think, screams. I think... <laughs> 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 this is good audio content. <laughs> it's the next morning. The Cohens say goodbye to Dawn. Sandy offers to pay for the cab, and Dawn's like, "Yay, all! I have a job, simmer." Uh, yeah, it's mostly just saying goodbye to Dawn. 
Ryan hugs her. They don't say goodbye. He says he'll visit her soon. Yeah. It's, it's, here's what I'm going to say. It's very dramatic. Almost too dramatic. Like, you're not sure what character on the show is going to die. Well, I just, Dawn, is Dawn going to die? Maybe. No, it's just like this. Like like this mute like you know this music starts playing and it's very slow motion it's very like but we didn't get a whole lot of Don even being there although they do try to break the tension by having Seth genuinely tell Don that he's glad that she made it but yeah. it sounds sarcastic because it's Seth yeah I I do make a mention partway through here where it feels like this should have been two different episodes true because <laughs> of some of the emotional beats in it because that dramatic music is a sadness instantly goes to like just hard pumping. Caitlin music, I guess. She has so much bass because she is redecorating Marissa's room and she's putting posters on the wall. Yeah. Uh, Caitlin essentially spends this scene giving a speech about how I'm going to be the main character next season. <laughs> it's been so hard to be Caitlin Cooper because she's just Marissa Cooper's little sister. It's such a hilarious setup scene for like Caitlin's next role on the series where she's like, now that Marissa's gone, I can rule Harbor. And I'm like, yeah. Sure. And Julie's like, all right. And is Julie happy about it? Does Julie Julie like it? I think Julie just likes that now she understands why Caitlin's there. She's like, uh, I still think there's more to that. (laughs) Maybe. All right. Well, meanwhile, Marissa has decided that her, uh, her way to help Ryan is to... Help him in the pirate way. Yeah. So she has a pearl necklace. (laughs) Her mother gave it to her for her grad, and her mom made a joke that she could use it to barter with pirates. And and Marissa's like, oh, you don't understand. I am the pirate, but sure. All right. She's like, ah, now I've run into a land pirate. Ryan, I shall give you this booty, and you shall pawn it at a shop, and with that money, we shall pay off Voychuk, because he gave us money. Not an amount. Money. (laughs) He needs which means they could have given him, like, ten bucks. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah, what did he really need? What did Voychuk need to get out of town? Just some gas money. Throw him a 50. Yeah, go to the Greyhound. Everyone leaves to the Greyhound. Not Voychuk. He's taking that van. <laughs> and maybe Heather. <laughs> yeah, I do not know why Heather's in this scene. <laughs> so, uh, she wants to go to the pawn shop because she doesn't want to see jo- Voychuk, but she wants to make sure the job is done. Sure. Or she just wants to hang out with Ryan before she leaves town. That makes more sense. <laughs> Because they do some banter, and Ryan's like, I don't really like this. And she's like, I'm really going to miss you telling me what to do. And Ryan's like, you're not. (laughs) Uh, Let's check in and see what Sandy's plot line is. Sandy has shown up at the police station to get his son out of trouble. Which means he has to walk to the public defender place. And he looks at that office, and his heart grows like 17 sizes. Yeah, because he meets Jason Spitz, the man who's in his office. And then... An insane statement is made by Jason Spitz. He's being ironic, and he's like, oh, why would you hate this job? Low pay, long hours. And I'm like, what? Long hours? Long hours? Are you telling me, show, that Sandy worked long hours when he was a public defender? Do you want to do this now instead of at the end of this thing? All right, we'll do this now. Sandy Sterling is going to be he wants to be a public defender again. Kirsten is way too happy. Like, all of a sudden, he'll have more time for family as a public defender. When Jason Spitz clearly says in this scene that there are long hours. It's like Kirsten's It's like Kirsten's problem is not Sandy working. It's like Kirsten's problem is that she doesn't like it when Sandy has the upper hand in the power dynamic. Yeah, 
Kirsten instead can do her whole dating thing, and Sandy can torture himself to death at the public defender's office. And adopt so many children. <laughs> anyway, the reason he was there was to meet with the DA we've seen before. You know, th- that very charming, helpful DA who Sandy is already in his good books because he handed over all that stuff against Dr. Griffin. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I guess speaking of Kirsten, um, Kirsten and Seth sort of have a talk about, you know, school being over. And Kirsten has a line that I wrote down as an absolutely insane line, which is where she says, maybe that fire was the best thing that could happen to us. I also wrote that down. She has a wild opinion to morality. Like, she's... At, at, before even before they learned about the fire, Sandy already said he was like leaving the Newport. He was group. leaving the Newport group, so the building doesn't have to burn down. It really sounds like she just hated that hospital. Like, <laughs> I mean, maybe she never got over hating the Newport group. Like, maybe that's what it is. I guess so. She really seems to be like, yes, if it wasn't for that fire, your father, who said he quit his job, would definitely have gone back to his job. Oh, Maybe and... she was worried that she would go back to the Newport group, but the thing is, the entire <laughs> Newport group didn't burn down. Yeah, I don't... It's a, it's a, it's an insane line for Kirsten to say, but when the crux of the scene really is that Seth gets a letter from and college. This letter, unlike the other college acceptance and decline packages we saw several episodes ago, they were all packages. They were all large envelopes. Yeah. This is clearly a small envelope with probably a single sheet of paper in it. Well, I think that makes sense considering what we learn later. But his his rejection from Brown letter was in that massive package. Well, they didn't want people to know what was happening before they opened the letter. There's, they wanted to keep the anticipation going for Brown is cruel. There is no consistency to the show. So Ryan uh, gets the uh, the pawns the pearl shop. I guess meets Wojciech right behind it, and he's like, "Here's your money. Get out of town. Start a new life." Like, no. The idea was I wanted to talk to Marissa, and Ryan doesn't say that was never made clear to me. (laughs) You didn't tell me you wanted to see Marissa. You told me you wanted money. And then Marissa, (laughs) I guess, seeing the handoff, puts the car into gear and drives up. And she's like, Ryan, get in. Ryan, get in the car. And Voyager's like, I want to talk to you. I'm not threatening. I'm not threatening. I'm not begging on your moving vehicle saying I need you. Remember when they crazy hinted at a possible redemption arc? It's gone, It's gone now. No more redemption arc. They don't know what to do with my character. I'm not charming enough, but I'm real handsome. Marissa doesn't want to talk to him and just drives off. Yeah, she's having none of that. Yeah, and I assume during the entire scene, Heather's just in the back seat, like, what? Why am I still in this van? <laughs> Wojciech has been in this van since yesterday at 10 a.m. Well, Wojciech gets, or not Wojciech, Marissa gets over this pretty quickly as she heads home to talk with Julie. She packs up her bag. She says goodbye to her mom. Julie's like, Marissa... My character has gone on a wild ride over the three episode, three seasons of this show. I mean, the three years of your life. <laughs> I hope you understand everything I did, even framing Ryan for homicide, <laughs> was because I wanted a better life for you than I had. She does say, I have made some missteps. That thing with Luke. Statutory rape. <laughs> Try, <laughs> trying to frame Ryan for attempted homicide. Considering killing my husband. Trying to get you put into a private school. (laughs) But Marissa, I really love you. (laughs) 
And then Marissa says the three words that Julie has only ever wanted to hear that could have stopped us from having crazy Julie seasons ago. <laughs> I love you too. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I, I I always I always try to think of like whatever Marissa's the 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 levels Marissa goes between her likingness of her mom is not always proportional to what is happening in that like season or that arc but at least now we do have a moment where they both like each other because when julie likes likes marissa marissa hates julie it's true when, when marissa actually kind of tries to like julie julie, julie does hate, bad things julie does bad things so at least now they're finally they're just both honest with each other that's all they needed yeah. Then Caitlin comes in. Marissa tells Caitlin to keep things interesting for mom next year. And Caitlin's like, I will. I'm the new Marissa. Yeah. Marissa th- does. She also mentions that, that she thinks that, like, you know, uh, she thinks she got this whole going away and starting over thing from Julie. And I'm like, no, no, that is 100% a Jimmy thing. Going somewhere else and starting over. Like, Julie's forced to go somewhere else. But- <laughs> and Julie did do it once. She went from her poor life to her rich life. But that's not really going somewhere else to start over. That's getting an upgrade, really. Yeah. And Jimmy legitimately, at any opportunity, drops everything he can and goes someplace else and tries again. He just continually runs away. But uh, Marissa meets up with her friends, with her bag of stuff for moving. They were going to go to the aftergrad. And then one of the characters, I can't remember who, is like, we never interact with other people from our school. We just hang out with each other. Taylor's not even going to be there. I, I I like to believe. I think that was Seth um, or Ryan. I like to believe this is that this is the essentially be up. Oh, it's going to be another party. Nah, it's not going to be a party. Nope. Too expensive. <laughs> like, this feels very meta. And I'm here for it. And then uh, Marissa's like, I know where we can go to have our own aftergrad. But I'll tell you later. I'm going to drive to there so you and Seth can follow me. So Sandy gives Kirsten flowers because he is happy that Seth will not be charged for he is not pressing charges. Yeah, he's like, we're not pressing charges. So I'm the CEO of the company. It's fine. But more importantly, I'm also happy because I've decided to be a public defender again. Yes. Well, we get a moment where Kirsten's like, well, then I guess you're going back to the Newport group then. I'm like, no, he already said he was. Yeah, come on, Kirsten. <laughs> come on, Kirsten. Don't be so passive aggressive now. Man, it's. It, he what's, already had his what, big public moment. Once again, if, if that's her thought process, like, I guess you're going back to the Newport group, but she was happy beforehand, means it really makes it feel like she just hated that hospital. Because the thing he said was, this hospital will never go any further. That's, that's what all she heard was like, yeah, yeah, no more hospital. Do you remember that when Johnny died, there was like a little hint that if the hospital had been built closer, <laughs> Johnny would have been able to go to that hospital? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I made, mm-hmm. I made a look back through my notes, so... <laughs> guess where the kids go for their party it's the model home because in this season we're just doing throwbacks to season one because man it feels like a series finale so as you guys may remember Voychuk was rebuilding the model home it is done being rebuilt it is on the market but right now it's abandoned which marissa knows yeah from dating Voychuk, i guess yeah, I'm, or she drives past it. Okay, I don't know where any of these people live. Maybe she drives past it every day. Anyway, yeah. they're going to have a party there, a pool yep. party. So they break in and they talk. And they talk about how, like, whoa, what would happen if, if Ryan never arrived here? Marissa says she never would have talked to Seth, which is, once again, really cool. No, no, Marissa says Summer never would have talked uh, to Seth. Oh, Summer would never have talked to Seth. Which is accurate. Which is accurate. Yeah, you're right. 
um, they bring up the fact that or Summer thought the ride was hot for like 30 seconds until she found yep. out he was from Chino. Essentially, Summer says, I used to be a supporting character. <laughs> yep. Remember those episodes before they figured out, man, this, girl, this girl's really good. Let's keep her in. She's super fun. Yeah. Marissa should have a friend. <laughs> and, and then, of course, it goes to the point where Marissa now has to go. She has to get on the plane. Big yell taxi. The big yell taxi being Ryan. To take has, her away. She has a moment. She's a little bit tearful. That's fine. Summer makes Seth and Marissa hug, which once again drives on the fact that they've never had a scene together. Even though Ryan has hugged Summer like numerous times in this episode. Yeah. Because Summer's like, you two hug. And I'm like, yeah, it would. you're right. It would have been nice if those two had any sort of... But <laughs> Seth is not in control of his... Like, Seth is not comfortable being a modern man in this modern world. He does not know how to have friends who are women, and he doesn't know how to say I love you to men. It's true. It becomes abundantly more clear the more the series goes on. He has not evolved. <laughs> uh, so, yes, Marissa cries in the model home. Which is reasonable, because she's 17 and she's going away for a year, and that's very scary. Yeah. Once again, I would have felt this a lot more if I understood Marissa's motivations a lot more. You did a good job of explaining... A possible I don't option. know. I just, I'm I'm here for it. I feel like it finally, like, coalesced for me. And I'm like, okay, I get it. I'm on board with this. Yeah. Um, There's some cuteness where Marissa apologizes for all the craziness. And Ryan's like, eh, wouldn't have it any other way. Except for Oliver. And Marissa goes, yeah, me except too. Except for Oliver Trask, who created the Sentinels to fight the X-Men. And man. That was the worst storyline, Marissa. <laughs> that, was, that was real weird. <laughs> remember when? Remember when that boy turned you against me? Anyway, I think he's dead now. I can't remember. And Marissa's like, oh, sure hope he is. Well, now it's time for now. The sun has set so fast. And I guess Voychuk is still just following Marissa around town. I think he has been sitting outside the model home. In his van. Oh, Aaron, we cannot forget, it is not Voychuk alone. Heather is also <laughs> there. Heather, it, it continues to exist as, I guess, essentially the person for Voychuk to express emotions at. So he's not just monologuing? <laughs> but he doesn't even say anything to her. There's. Uh... He does drink from his flask, and she's like, maybe I should drive. And he says... No. No. <laughs> I will drive. And drink. But before then, brief moment, Seth gives Summer a graduation present, and it's a giant empty box, and inside that empty box is a letter. Because that means it's not an empty box. And that letter says... <laughs> mm, you, you, you're, gonna, you're gonna go right past me? Well, my notes say presumably empty box, but I didn't say that out loud. Mm, I, just, I just felt like I was living there where I could bust your chops. I put a lot of work into writing presumably, and then did not say it. Well, inside that box is... A letter. And the letter is like, Seth... You're pretty cool at comic books. You applied way too late to he, get in for September. It's worth noting he got a personalized letter, it feels like. Oh, yeah. It is written to Seth Cohen, not a form letter. Yeah. Applied too late to get in for the fall, but he is starting in the winter semester. Because that's the thing colleges do, people. So I do appreciate, like I said, that the show is showing us different paths. Yeah. And they're all equally good. Yep. So Seth is going to start in the winter semester, so... Uh, essentially, Summer's going to go up there first and scout out the lay of the land. And uh, meanwhile, they're just going to canoodle in that giant box. Man, that box is facing the door. <laughs> <laughs> that box is a giant box they're about to have various levels of graphic canoodling in. is directly facing the door. 
But, Sandy or Kirsten can walk in at any time. Well, I guess Sandy and Kirsten are currently having their own canoodling on the kitchen floor, so. Yeah, they're downstairs. <laughs> yeah, their bedroom is on the main floor. That's, that's Maybe. true. No, it is. Yes, because their bedroom can see Ryan's bedroom. Hmm. That's where that's where Seth had the talk. I don't know. I don't know. We can't think about their house anymore. The show is over. Apparently. All right. So, Ryan and Marissa are cute in the car. They're talking a little bit about how the future is exciting but terrifying. Yeah. They drive past the sign that says, you are now leaving Orange County. And then Voychuk, who has been following them, starts laying on the horn. Yes. And he runs them off the road. So they are on some sort of... They're on a mountain highway. Yeah, they're on a mountain... And they're, like, looping down. Yeah. And so Wojciech is, like, smashing into them from behind, and Marissa asks Ryan to pull over, and he can't. There's no one to... <laughs> There's nowhere to pull to over. over. Wojciech also says, well, if they pull over so I can talk to Marissa... It'll be fine. He's very drunk. He's very he's drunk. He's very drunk and very dumb. There's no doors around here. So he wants... Also, he's a jellical cat, apparently. <laughs> Once he smashes into the back of Ryan's van twice, or Ryan's truck fight yeah. twice, and realizes that's not going to work, he starts smashing into the side of the truck. Yeah, was again trying to force him to pull over. He essentially this is a yeah. He just he 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 he, does, he literally just runs them off the road, and they crash from their level of the road yeah. to a lower level of the road because they're on a mountain, like it's looping yeah. around. Yeah. yeah. The truck is upside down. Ryan wakes up. He smashes out a window and he crawls out. He does, you know, check on Marissa. Yeah. There's and, f- there's fire growing in the in the like underneath the truck. There's like dripping liquids, and he's like, "This truck is going to explode." So he grabs Marissa. Yeah. He pulls her out and he carries her as the slowest, <laughs> slowest version of Hallelujah plays. Yeah, imagine Hallelujah, the song Hallelujah, as sung by Leonard, Leonard Cohen, Cohen and also Jeff also, Buckley. Also Jeff Buckley. Um, slower than those. And then it's, it's so breathy. It's so slow. We only get about three bars of it. Essentially, we get, I've walked along this road before, <laughs> and it flashes. It doesn't flash. It, like, very slowly super fades into Ryan carrying drunk Marissa into the pool house in the first episode. Yes. As Ryan ro- walks along the highway carrying Marissa, the truck is on fire behind him. And I'm very sad about this because his mom just bought him that truck and he was so excited. Yeah. And so many things are being taken away from him right yeah. now. And then the truck blows up as Hallelujah plays. And, and drops- somebody thought this shot was the coolest thing in the world. And he drops to his knees and he tries to talk to Marissa and she's like semi-conscious. He tells her that he has to go for help, and she begs him not to. So he stays there, holding her, until she dies. Yeah. Well, until she drops into consciousness. Yeah. But we know she's not in season four. Yeah. <laughs> so she dies. They uh, sent her away, Kevin. They were putting her on a boat. So what I want to say, we, we can talk a little bit about this this entire thing, because obviously this is a very dramatic moment. It's a very, it is a very sad moment when you're, look, when you're watching it. I it it has some hits that other things do where I'm like, yes, this is sad. A person has died. This is very sad. But like, it feels like I don't. It's not that I don't get it. I understand death. I'm <laughs> I'm not crazy, <laughs> but it it screams of they didn't really have an idea of what to do with Marissa, so they kind of were just like, well, this. But they didn't 
need to because you definitely could have put her on that boat and if there's one thing we've learned about this show it's when people get on boats they don't come back yeah so what what I, what I wrote down is like this feels like like this you have to take this like this this in a in a nutshell if you just saw the scene you'd be like oh my god this is heartbreaking when you take with everything beforehand it feels uneven with the idea of like if they wanted this to be a sort of a like but she had so much promise then she should have been going to college, it feels like. Right. If, if they should have been like, oh, this is the end of a long, torturous trail, she should have been failing more. But I don't think that's what it is. I think it's about the um, uh, the inconsistency and the uncertainty of life. Like, she finally, she finally reached a resolution. She finally reached a point where she was like, you know what? It's okay that I don't know who I am. I get to figure that out. Yeah. And now she doesn't get to figure that out. Well, so I, I've I've talked about uh, death in a lot of things because I think death in fiction is a very, very important thing. I think it's sometimes done way too much. And I think it's something that needs to be treated with the gravity it has. And I think a lot of times it's kind of the boring out. And the one big thing about death is that death is never about the character who is dying. It's about the people who will continue living after the character has died. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure... Like, obviously, this will impact Ryan very much so. Mm-hmm. She literally died in his arms. Literally, that is a thing that happened in here. But looking at where Ryan was going before this, I'm not sure how this is supposed to feed into his arc. Well, I think this is going to do... And again, I haven't watched season four in probably a decade. Yeah. I think this is going to do super interesting things for Julie Cooper. Yes. Who is finally going to have to grapple with things. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to do interesting things for the Julie and Neil relationship. Yeah. Which is not as stable as they think it is. Yeah. I think it's going to do interesting things for Summer, who was devastated by the idea of not being able to be in the same country as her friend for a year. Yeah. Like, Summer does not, has not had any other friends. Which kind of makes me feel like she should have died with one of those characters. But that doesn't take the storyline full circle the way that they wanted. Yeah, but but I, the the thing is, taking the storyline full circle, I don't think is as strong an impact as those other things could have been. I guess. I'm okay with it. I'm okay with Ryan being the person who's there. Like, you know, like he said, Marissa was his first real tie to the OC, and now he's leaving the OC, and his tie is gone. Like, there was a reason that he was driving her to the airport. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it doesn't feel good to me. It feels like it 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 feel it feels like they had certain things they wanted to do and they didn't quite hit them as they should have. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. Um I don't agree, <laughs> but that doesn't make your feelings can, any less. Can we both agree though that she has in this moment become exactly what Johnny always wanted to be, a ghost pirate? It's true. Now now she can sail the ethereal ocean blue with her true love, Captain Johnny. And the show has done what it always wanted to do with Voychuk, which is pick a lane. <laughs> Man, I really hope they picked a lane. <laughs> and the lane is pure villain. Yeah, I really hope they're not going to be like, but listen, he's so full of emotions. They, so he killed her. They already did that with Trey. Trey was so full of emotions. That he got shot by his brother. Yeah, but this one thing the show likes to do is be like, hey, let's take one more crack at that storyline. 
<laughs> Let's try it one more time, and maybe we do something different this time. And Boychuk has also achieved what he wanted. He got rid of Marissa, so <laughs> now, now he, he can, can have Ryan to himself. Ryan all to himself. So, Aaron. Yes, Kevin. Throughout this episode, did you find yourself a CW moment? Did I find a CW moment? Did I find a moment where Logic was just driving to the airport and just was had the wrong car behind them? The car of drama. I did. It's a moment we talked about, so we're not going to dive too deep into it. But it's when Taylor Townstead popped up at the grad party to explain <laughs> why she would no longer be on this TV show this season. Unnecessary, because the season is over. We do, and they don't even go to the post grad party. Yeah, there's no reason for her to be around. It's it is strange. It's weird that they that she gave a goodbye message. And once again, this show really feels this episode really feels like it could have been a series finale. It feels like they thought it was, and when they learned they were getting another season, they just rewrote some scenes. I wonder if they would have just like sent her off, like Marissa off on the airplane, if it had been the season finale. They've been like, "All right, all the kids are going to college. Marissa's going on a boat." The Voychuk scenes, which kind of existed in a vacuum, gone. <laughs> yeah. And maybe there would have been more time with Dawn. Maybe. I mean, if that didn't happen, what would have been the crux of this episode? Because the crux the entire... Seth getting into his fine arts college. Maybe. <laughs> Sandy quitting the Newport group. Again. Sandy deciding to become a public defender. Yeah. Which, again, takes us back to where we were. California, here we come, right back where we started from. Except that does, that only hits with two like two storylines. It's not consistent enough. Aaron, it's not consistent enough. Hey, Taylor Townsend's mom knows the lines of her speech, so she's right back where she started from. That's true. Kevin, what's your CW moment? Man, I I I thought for sure you're going to pick one of these ones that I uh I did that would help me narrow it down. Um, it's a season finale. You can have six. I don't want six. It was it was either going to be the fact that Heather exists <laughs> in this scene at all, why she's around, but I think it has to be a moment that maybe doesn't define logic and reason, but definitely is the most dramatic thing in this, and that is the fact that that car was on fire at all, and then blows up spectacularly as he holds Marissa limp in his arms and hallelujah plays because if something doesn't scream, someone was like, I have a great idea for a shot, it's that. Well, Kevin, they had to light the same su- scene somehow, and it was too quick for the police to get there. <laughs> they could have just said the moon was... I don't think that. No. No, Kevin, no. we know that Boychuk is a jellical. The moon can't be out. Aaron, <laughs> you've done some headcanon things to explain things. I refuse to accept your headcanon that, that, that someone was like... So this is a great scene, but how is it lit? And someone was like, what do you mean? How is it lit? How does logically does this scene get lit? And they're like, no, no. What? the moon's very bright. No, they talked about it. They were like, we need some bright lights. Is it more logical police or more logical car exploding? And they were like, car exploding. <laughs> Nobody brought it up. It is the most logical answer in this situation. There's moments in this in this show where it should have been pitch black and wasn't. It's California. It's never pitch black. <laughs> <laughs> the lights of LA reflect off the ocean. No, that car didn't need to be on fire, is what I'm going to say. It was the most logical choice. Well, it wasn't, but hey. 
we hope we're done. You, yeah, we hope you enjoyed this very special episode of Podcast Moa. Yeah, and it was not a season finale, but man, were there moments where it felt like it. But we are not done. No, we're going to be back with the OC at some point, but coming at you next week on our normal day and time. I don't think we have a normal time. On our normal day, Riverdale. Riverdale will return, and we have no idea what's going to happen well, there. Well, there's one thing we know, and that's in four weeks, which may not be four weeks for us, but four weeks for the characters, Jughead will be dead. That's but right. But not really dead. They they gave us they gave us a time limit. Truly the worst thing they could ever do to me and you who think so much <laughs> about the time things take. Uh, but... If just a quick reminder of where things were left off, Betty learned she she can apparently <laughs> hypnotize herself. And when she hypnotizes herself, she can change the past? Maybe? <laughs> uh, who knows? Um, um, Archie met his uncle. <laughs> the cult has a trigger in people? Yep. That's the same trigger that... <laughs> that Betty has in herself? Betty has. They do, do not seem as worried about it anymore. Now that Betty has dealt with her inner demons, the outer ones won't exist either. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, Cheryl tortured her mom? Yep. And then she had a Viking funeral for her brother? Mm. Mm. Yeah, man, we're really going into something very different. Jughead's in a secret society. That's normal. That's true. He is in a secret society. That's the, it's, it's a crazy thing that that probably is the most normal thing on that show. <laughs> but until then... Uh, if you like this episode, you should give us a rating or view subscription on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you find us. And you should hit us up on some social media. It's all Podcast MOA, Podcast MOA, on Instagram, on Twitter, or you can email us at podcastmoa at gmail.com. And we'll see you next week. What sort of convoluted reason will the show use to bring these kids back together for a fourth season? Brown opens a California campus. The characters form a Sense8 style pod. A year long funeral for Marissa. For answers to all this and more, join us soon on Mystery Outsiders and Abs. A teen drama fan cast? <laughs>